my friends. Here's a question. Do you take much greater pains than worldly men to make your riches useful and fruitful? Are not the gardeners of a prince more diligent in cultivating and beautifying the royal gardens than if they were their own? For what reason do they do this? They do it because the gardens belong to the king, and they want to give the king an acceptable service. My friends, our possessions are not ours. God has given them to us to cultivate so we can make them fruitful and profitable in his service, and so doing, we shall please him. And this we must do more earnestly than worldly men, for they look carefully after their property out of self-love. And we must work for the love of God. Now, self-love is a restless, anxious, over-eager love. And so the work done on its behalf is troubled, vexatious, and unsatisfactory. Whereas the love of God is calm, peaceful, and tranquil. And so the work done for its sake, even in worldly things, is gentle, trustful, and quiet. Let us take such quiet care to preserve, and even when it's right, to increase our temporal goods according to the duties of our position. This is acceptable to God for his love's sake. But beware that self-love does not deceive you, for sometimes it counterfeits the love of God so cleverly that you might mistake one for the other. To avoid this, and to prevent the proper care for your temporal interests from degenerating into avarice. It is necessary often to practice a real poverty amid the riches God has given you. To this end, always dispose of part of your means by giving them to the poor. You impoverish yourself by whatever you give away. It is true that God will restore it to you, not only in the next world, but in this world, for nothing brings so much temporal prosperity as free almsgiving. But, meanwhile, you are sensibly poorer for what you give. Rest assured, a truly holy and rich poverty results from almsgiving. You should love the poor and love poverty. This love will make you truly poor, since, as Holy Scripture says, we become similar to the things we love. Love makes lovers equal. Who is weak and I am not weak, says St. Paul. He might have said, who is poor and I am not poor. For it was love which made him similar to those he loved. And so, if you love the poor, you will share in their poverty and be poor like them. And if you love the poor, seek them out. Take pleasure in bringing them to your home and in going to theirs. Talk freely with them. Be ready to meet them in church or in other places. 
Let your tongue be poor with them in conversation, but let your hands be rich to distribute out of your abundance. Are you prepared to go further, my friends? Are you prepared not to stop there, but to become even poorer still? The servant is not so great as his Lord. Be the servant of the poor. Tend their sickbed with your own hands. Be their cook and their maid. This sort of service is more glorious than royalty. How touchingly St. Louis, one of the greatest of kings, fulfilled this duty. Serving the poor in their own houses daily, having three of them eat at his own table, often himself eating the remains of their food in his loving humility. In his frequent visits to the hospitals, he would select those afflicted with the most loathsome diseases, ulcers, cancer, and the like. And these he would tend, kneeling down and bareheaded, beholding the Savior of the world in them and cherishing them with all the tenderness of a mother's love. Saint Elizabeth of Hungary used to mix freely with the poor, and she liked to dress in their ugly garments amid her wealthy companions. These royal people were poor amid their riches and rich in poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the day of judgment, the king of prince and peasant will say to them, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was naked, and you clothed me. Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Everybody finds themselves sometimes without something they need and put to inconvenience. A guest whom we'd want to receive honorably arrives, and we cannot entertain him as we would. We want our clothes in one place, and they all happen to be somewhere else. All the wine in our cellar suddenly turns sour. We find ourselves accidentally in some country place where everything is wanting. Room, bed, food, attendance. In short, the richest people may easily be without something they want, and that is practically to suffer poverty. You should accept such occurrences cheerfully, rejoice in them, bear them willingly. Again, if you're impoverished even a little by unforeseen events such as a storm, flood, fire, drought, theft, or lawsuit, that is the real time to practice poverty, accepting the loss quietly and adapting yourself patiently to your altered circumstances. Esau and Jacob both came to their father with hair on their hands. But the hair on Jacob's hands did not grow from his skin, and it could be torn off without pain. While the hair on Esau's hands, being the natural growth of his skin, he would have cried out and resisted if anyone had torn it off. So too, if our possessions are very close to our heart and storm or thief tear them away, we often break forth in impatient murmurs and complaints. But if we only hold on to them with that care which God wills us to have and not with our whole heart, we will see them rent away without losing our sense of calmness. 
This is just the difference between the clothing of men and animals. The animal's clothing grows on its flesh, and man's is only put on so that it may be laid aside at will. Now, if you are really poor, for God's sake, make sure that you are also poor in spirit. Make a virtue out of necessity and turn that precious poverty to its true value. The beauty of poverty is not perceived in this world, but nevertheless, it's very great. Also, have patience. If you are poor, you're in good company. Our dear Lord, our Lady, the Apostles, numberless saints, both men and women, were poor, and although they might have been rich, they didn't want to be so. How many great men and women of this world have gone through many difficulties to seek poverty amid hospitals and cloisters? Think about the pains they took to find it. Let St. Alexis, St. Paula, St. Paulina, St. Angela, and many others witness. Whereas to you, it has come unasked. You have met poverty without seeking it. Do you embrace it as the beloved friend of Jesus Christ, who was born, lived, and died in poverty, and cherished it all his life? There are two great privileges connected with your poverty through which you can acquire great merit. First, it's not your own choice, but God's will which has made you poor. Now, whatever we accept, simply because it is God's will, is pleasing in his sight, so long as we accept it heartily and out of love. The less of self and the more of God. A single-hearted acceptance of God's will purifies all suffering very greatly. The second privilege is that your poverty is truly poor. There is a be-praised, caressed poverty, so petted and cared for, that it can hardly be called poor like the despised, contemned, and neglected poverty which also exists. Now most lay poverty is of this last kind, for those who are involuntarily poor and cannot help themselves are not much thought of. For that very reason, their poverty is poorer than that of religious, although religious poverty has a very special and excellent grace through the intention and the vow by which it is accepted. So, do not complain about your poverty. We only complain about things that are unwelcome to us. And if poverty is unwelcome to you, you are no longer poor in spirit. Do not worry about getting help if you need it. That is another great grace of poverty. Remember that it's overambitious to aim at being poor without suffering any inconvenience. In other words, to have the credit of poverty and the convenience of riches. Do not be ashamed of being poor or of asking for help. Receive what is given to you with humility and accept a refusal meekly. Frequently called to mind Our Lady's journey into Egypt with her holy child, and of all the poverty, contempt, and suffering they endured. If you follow their example, you will surely be rich amid your poverty. <laughs> <laughs>